it was a habit that I had been using for, for many years of my life in order to cope with emotions, with a low sense of self-esteem, a low sense of self-worth. You know, people go to the drug of choice because it makes them feel good. So if I was feeling disconnected or lonely or sad, even if I wasn't conscious of the reason I was going to porn, I think on a subconscious level, that's what I was after. Maybe I was feeling bored. Maybe I was feeling lonely. Maybe I was feeling tired. Maybe I was feeling anxious. And I think that was a big part of the process that turned the light on for me is like learning to see there are certain reasons I'm going to porn. It's emotional reasons. I'm checking out of life. I'm avoiding something. Maybe I'm, I'm trying to feel a certain way here and uh, I'm, I'm using porn for that. So for me, it was like creating awareness around the needs I was attempting to meet by going to porn and then identifying how to begin to meet those needs in a healthier way that lifted me up versus teared me down. That's Matt Sinkovitz. Porn addiction hung over his life like a dark cloud for more than 20 years until he found the tools and the discipline to master his compulsion. Some people use cigarettes or food to deal with emotions or to cope or handle pain or stress. Porn was just one of those things that I went to 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 deal. Now Matt's on a mission to help men everywhere end their damaging relationship with porn and get their lives back. He's adopted Buddhism and uses meditation, mindfulness, and purpose to help men break free of the habits that hold us back. He's the host of the Making Peace with Porn podcast and runs a men's support group of the same name on Facebook. It's one of those things that festers in the darkness and that's why you know, I've built a community of men from around the world and we can come in there, we can have the conversation and open it up. And maybe for the first time in your life, you're not like having to deal with this by yourself. Porn poses a serious problem for many young guys around the world and its insidious influence is constantly growing. We may not realize it, but our relationship with porn flows into the rest of our lives and can negatively affect us in many different ways. But if it's an issue for you, you don't have to be a victim. Welcome to Young Blood, an award-winning podcast on a mission to make the mental health of young men a top priority. My name's Callum McPherson, I'm a journalist, and this is our platform to open up and share stories of what we've been through because we're not alone. Let's do it. Before we kick this off, I just want to say thanks so much to everyone who's taken 15 to 90 seconds out of their day to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. It boosts us up the ranks massively and makes a huge difference to how many people we can reach with these potentially life-saving stories. So thank you. And for those who haven't got around to it, please, if Youngblood has delivered you some value, let us know on there. Cheers, legends. This episode is sponsored by Bolton Brothers, the guys dedicated to changing the face of men's mental health, and Ski for Life, the organization promoting mental health and suicide prevention through their annual ski relay in South Australia. Check out their websites and follow them on socials. Trigger warning, if you find anything spoken about in today's episode distressing, please contact Lifeline on 13 11 14. Matt, how were you first introduced to porn? Uh, I was first introduced to porn, you know, either around the house, you know, maybe something my dad had around the house or something like that, or um, my friends, you know, having something around the neighborhood, getting a Hustler or a Playboy magazine or a VHS or something like that if I was lucky enough. Back in the day. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. Do you remember how it made you feel at first? Yeah, man, it's exciting. You know, it's exciting. Sexuality is an exciting thing. Curiosity, excitement, intrigue, wonder, fascination, um, newness. About how old were you when you were exposed to that? Uh, 13, maybe somewhere around that, I'd say formally. Were you sort of put off the first time you saw it because it, it was shocking or did you feel like you were hooked straight away and then it planted a seed in your mind and that's all you could think about or how did that sort of develop initially? 
I think I was into it right away. You know, I was kind of like a sexual kid, you know, I remember having like earlier childhood experiences and stuff like that. So I think I was always kind of oriented and engineered for that. What was it about it that hooked you and kept you going back for more? That's a good question. I've, you know, I've thought about that. I think initially it's the excitement and it's the intrigue, you know, um, you know, you, you asked me what, what excited me about it when I was a kid. It's all that stuff. It's an exciting, it's an exciting uh, aspect of being a human, you know, experiencing our sexuality. So I think initially that it's the rush and, and everything that comes with it. But beyond that, I think, you know, I was kind of a shy kid and uh, shy around girls and probably not great in terms of self-esteem and self-confidence and stuff like that. So I think porn gives us a way to connect and to experience girls, women, um, you know, whenever maybe we're not really physically connected or maybe we don't have the confidence to, to connect physically. As we grow and, and kind of do more work around this, we begin to recognize that um, there's a lot of it has to do with, you know, we begin using porn as a way of coping with life, you know, dealing with our emotions. Some people use cigarettes or food to deal with emotions or to cope or handle pain or stress. Porn was just one of those things that I went to 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 deal. You know? Yeah, absolutely. It's just another crutch, but especially for boys when they're at that stage of development and it's so intense and you're overcome with testosterone and your hormones, it's just completely out of control and back then you're talking about just having a hustler magazine or whatever whereas now the access that kids have from such a young age is just completely out of control and must be just about impossible to rein themselves in i think it's much more challenging i think i think there's two pieces of that or maybe three you know one is the fact that everybody's got these cell phones in their pockets and we're all addicted to them at one one level or another you know the screen is addictive social media is addictive and, you know, so so you've got your sexuality, which people have sex issues way before the phones were around, you know, uh, linked up to the screen addiction and, and, and the social media addiction that's out there. So I think it's really complicated. And I think, you know, kids from an earlier and earlier age are getting those phones placed in their hands and it's their means of connection. It's their shelter. It's what they're it's it's, it's a refuge for many of them. Um so I think I think that makes it particularly challenging. And I also think, you know, those phones uh, serve as uh, a, a way of educating kids about sex in, from a very early age. And I think probably educating kids in, in unhealthy ways, mm. unrealistic ways around what sex is and what what healthy intimacy actually looks like. And in addition, I'd also like to add that due to the extreme nature of what's out there, you know, it's like you can get your hands on any weird taboo subject out there these days with little with little with little trouble so i think genres um and and sexual tastes and preferences are also evolving and expanding at really um new new levels mm. as well because you know it's like you need you need something new you need something fresh you need something taboo that's in right order to hit those arousal mechanisms yeah so, yeah 100 yeah i definitely think that's a factor so do you remember feeling shame Yes. Yeah. And as I grew, as I grew in awareness, as I grew in consciousness, uh, I think I was kind of more and more aware of that shame. You know, I, I might have been carrying around shame around it um, unconsciously. You know, maybe I was carrying around shame, guilt, you know, anxiety, fear, any of those kind of low spectrum emotions unconsciously due to my regular relationship with porn. Um, but I think even from a young age, I kind of had a, a feeling that 
And you know what? I don't take a stance on porn. I don't say porn is either good or bad, right or wrong, as long as it's legal and it's consenting adults and stuff like that. For me, the, uh, porn, uh, there was this inherent kind of, I think, guilt and shame that came up just because for me, I knew it was out of alignment for me spiritually. I kind of, I knew that just wasn't healthy for me, yeah. but I continued to go to it. Plus, I, plus a, a lot of us are just ingrained with kind of um, sexual hangups and, and sexual um, issues around our sexuality from a young age, which I don't think is always very healthy, but probably probably the fact that porn was out of alignment for me and, and who I felt I, I was called to be. And also the fact that maybe I had some ingrained kind of societal sexual hangups that a lot of us probably deal with. I think I, I was experiencing a lot of shame, guilt, remorse, especially as I became more of an adult in my relationship with porn. Yeah, audience. yeah. And then you, you have the rush prior to and during the act and then afterwards you feel bad about it but and then repeat the cycle and i think that's that's extremely common yeah Yeah. how did it uh, the shame cycle okay yeah the shame cycle how did that affect your uh, real life relationships from a young age and then as you got older and the way that you saw women in real life relationships in general i think i think it affected me socially and the way that i connected with others again i'm not saying everybody necessarily has to have this experience but for me porn made me feel especially within a couple of days of use porn and masturbation i found that it made me socially awkward um just kind of feeling weird icky gross not wanting to be around people feeling guilt shame maybe a sense of unworthiness around people like maybe i was hiding something around people yeah because uh, i had this kind of skeleton in my closet or i feel like yeah you think i'm a good guy but if you know i was just looking at it, you might not think that about me you uh, know? so i think i had a lot of that kind of stuff and just the general social awkwardness, like, you know, you have a porn page and then you try and go to the bar on a Friday night, you know, it just kind of feels, you're just a little bit off, you know? Yeah. Um, but even, even more than that, because I was using porn from my teens into my twenties and, 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 uh, a lot of those younger relationships, it was definitely affecting uh, me at a young age, um, in, in my relationships, you know, I'd be using porn regularly and then much, much less interested in sexual connection. You know, you're using porn earlier in the day than you see your partner that night. You've already ejaculated, you know, so you're just less interested in connecting. Um, and obviously also the, the, it's, it's so intense, like porn's so intense and unrealistic that then yeah. comparing that to real life, obviously that can cause some real problems for men in relation to intimacy and losing interest in yeah. real life sex because they're constantly exposing their brain, which can't tell the difference too much to something that's largely unattainable and super extreme. Interestingly, a lot of men that I, that I work with and a lot of men that in our community, they'll say something like, you know, I go to porn because my partner's not interested in sex. And I think, I think that those two things are certainly related. Like maybe your partner's not as interested in sex because of your relationship with porn. And maybe that's causing some, some disconnect within the relationship as well. So yeah. I think they feed each other. Yeah. How so like the partner can intuit that they're, that the man isn't interested because they're not willing to do stuff that's in porn or stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're kind of guessing at what those reasons might be, but yeah, maybe the man's just not as uh, engaged. Maybe he's not as present, you know, maybe he's not, um, you know, um, connected within the relationship. Uh, maybe he's just generally not as interested yeah, maybe he does have unrealistic expectations about what he wants his, his partner to be doing in the bedroom. Um, so there's issues there. Um, and, and, and I think, I don't know if you're an, ener an energetics man, but I think certain activities and behaviors, they just kind of throw us off energetically. And I think yeah. 
if if we're if our mind and our energy is always going in that direction, I think women can sense that kind of thing. You know, they can, yeah. they can kind of sense that. Totally. I definitely think it's very discombobulating and it's something that maybe makes us overthink and not be able to control our, our thoughts or our, regulate our emotions as well and sort of, like you're saying, throws us off and that that starts yeah. to come out in the rest of our life and that probably speaks to how you felt with you'd have a porn binge and then you'd go and hang out with your friends and not feel like yourself because you're kind of all over the place. And I think there's a number yeah. of addictive type behaviors that can make us feel that way. Um, so how much were you using porn and how did that develop over time? When I was in my teens, it was, it was much lighter because again, you'd have to try and watch a fuzzy, you know, spice TV channel, you know, <laughs> or something like that. Or if, if, if your friend had a DVD or a VHS or a Playboy or something like that. So it was like a healthier dose, I think of porn and it was much less extreme, yeah. but for me, it got much more intense in my twenties. Whenever I had my first apartment, I was living by myself. I did have a smartphone. I did have a, a good computer with high-speed internet, and then for me, it was it was a daily thing for for a lot of my a lot of my life for sure. And how did that affect the rest of your life? You know, porn is one of those things. Like many toxic behaviors, it, it seems to bleed into every area of our life. And maybe it's not because it's a direct impact, but you know, it's like when one area is off, other areas are off. For me, I can see a direct correlation between. Maybe my physical health, my energy levels, my sense of motivation, definitely an impact in terms of my my relationships with my sexuality, yeah. my relationship with women, um, certainly impacting me spiritually, maybe my relationship with, with God or with source or whatever that might mean to you, your sense of purpose and the work that you're called to do. Mm. There's those direct impacts. But again, there's the impact where if I'm off physically and my energy levels are low and depleted and my I've got all this brain fog going on, when I go and show up to work, I'm not going to be the best version of myself, you know? Yeah. And so when, when, when one part of the wheels off, it seems to discombobulate everything. Totally. So I think every area of, of, of my life was impacted as a result. Mm. And did you have triggers or did you have a routine when it came to using porn? Um, I'd say, I'd say, I'd say both. I mean, when you look at addiction, you know, there's a, oftentimes this kind of, um, Mm, there's this process of like the, the ritualization of it, which a lot of people are just as addicted to as anything. It's kind of getting ready for it and the, the preparation, everything that might come before it. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think routine for me, I was probably more like a, like an evening kind of guy, um, you know, maybe before bed late at night, because what I found was for me, and I think for a lot of the guys that, that I work with and I've been around, um, Porn is one of those things, just like just like whenever we eat unhealthy or we do drugs or we're more inclined to binge, it's usually when our energy levels are low. Yeah. You know, so so for me, it'd be at the end of the night when I'm tired. Maybe during the day I wouldn't have made that decision, but at night I'm tired, my willpower may be depleted. You're like more vulnerable. You know, maybe I'm feeling a little fatigued or stressed out, and, and I would go to it in the evening. But triggers could be a lot of stuff. It could be loneliness, it could be a sense of disconnection, it could be tiredness, stress. It could be, I'm just looking, I'm, I want to go to sleep. Maybe I'm looking for, for mental stimulation. I'm just bored. So there can be a lot of triggers, you know, and uh, yeah. some are more, more conscious than others, I think. For sure. And did it ever make you feel better? Like, did, was that your experience of if I do this, I will actually mm -hmm. feel better? Or did you know that yeah. ultimately it will make you feel more empty, but you just couldn't resist the dopamine yeah. rush of the preparation and the act? That's a good question, man. And I, th I think that's really important to reflect upon because like, why do we continue to go to behaviors which we know are unhealthy 
for us, which we ultimately do know will leave us feeling depleted. And I think it's also important to recognize I'm going to this behavior for a reason because it gives me that dopamine fix. It gives me that that quick rush. It makes me feel connected. Maybe it makes me feel significant for the for the night. Maybe I don't feel as alone. Maybe I can check out of my problems. Maybe I don't have to deal with my emotions. Maybe I don't have to deal with that stress um, any, anymore. So yeah, I think it definitely does make you feel better. Certainly, it's a great high. It's like a great drug, sex. But there's a tax on the other end, mm, you know, yeah. and, and we, it certainly leaves us feeling empty, depleted, hollow, and it brings up all those other feelings that we discussed earlier. And so in your 20s, when you were abusing porn a lot, how did you feel within yourself at that time? What was your self-esteem like or the way that you saw yourself? I, I was always kind of shy and um, around girls and didn't have a lot of confidence in that area. So it definitely... Um, it definitely impacted that, you know, again, I, I mentioned the, the shame cycle. We go to porn because we're not feeling that good maybe, but then we use the porn and we go to it. It only serves to perpetuate that cycle. Yeah. Um, so for me, I, I definitely carried a lot around a lot of guilt, shame, regret, remorse, especially when I would be a more frequent user, you know, and as, as I mentioned, you know, I was, I was growing in awareness, I think at that time. And so there are periods where I'd go a couple of weeks or even a month at a time, and I'd be feeling really good again. But then if you don't do the proper transformational work, you always find yourself back there at day zero. And, and those feelings of you know low self-esteem, low self-confidence, guilt, shame, they ultimately come back in. But um, yeah, I think that was definitely present for me a lot. And um, I think the porn addiction fueled that. Did you feel like you were abusing it and that the way you were using porn wasn't normal? Or did you think that every man of that age is doing it anyway, so there's nothing to worry about? Mm, that's a good question. Because it's a it's a very um, kind of a solo journey. It's one of those things, you know, that we don't talk about a lot. We certainly don't share with others. But yeah, the, the, the societal attitude is that oh, all men watch porn, right? That's what we're right, conditioned exactly. to believe. Exactly. Exactly. But, but the, the hangups that one might have around maybe feeling as though they have a problem with it or an issue with it um, are, are, are certainly different. So um, for me, I think I recognized um, it was a problem. I would say I did feel very much alone in it because it's not something you can really talk about. And if you did want to share it, there's a lot of negativity around it. So you don't always feel at ease, you know, discussing it or sharing it with others. So there's like this feeling, I mean, if people knew what I was looking at or if they knew what I was just doing. Oh, you keep uh, a problem like that to yourself, it allows it to manifest and grow and only get worse as well. Because we know it's one of the worst things that we can do for an addictive behavior or something that's negative is keep it to ourselves and not tell anyone about it because then it can sort of grow with, without anyone stopping it or helping stop it. Yeah. It's one of those things that festers in the darkness. And that's why you know, I've built a community of men from around the world and we can come in there, we can have the conversation and open it up. And maybe for the first time in your life, you're not like having to deal with this by yourself anymore and you can begin to eliminate some of that shame that, that you have around it. Yeah, no, it's such important work. So what was the point at which you drew a line in the sand? Did you have a rock bottom? I had a relationship with pornography up into my 30s. You know, it was tapering off for sure, again, because I was kind of growing, growing an awareness that it was unhealthy for me and I was becoming... I was growing in other ways personally and spiritually. So I was having greater levels of willpower and everything like that. But yeah, for me, it was just kind of recognizing that um, I was, I was a, I was a young man and I wasn't getting any younger. I was recognizing that the genres were continuing to, were continuing to evolve for me. 
And, and as, as I mentioned, that's, that's typical and common. And I was feeling called to, to levels of like, to, to like living my life in a certain way and being of service to others. And I was feeling like having this issue in my life unresolved, which I knew was not cool, was like, was prohibiting me from, from moving into my calling and my purpose and greater levels of leadership in my life. And it was something that I, I was, I was aware was unhealthy and I had tried to quit and even committed to quitting but I continued to return to. So I just recognized that like trying to resolve it on my own was it was a hopeless endeavor at some point and it was not going to get any better. So when you first tried to quit, how did that go down? What was your approach? Just cold turkey and willpower? You know, most people would try for years, I think, to quit on their own. Maybe not everybody has this experience, but I did. Oftentimes when I would go to porn, you know, masturbation, after, after the act is all done, like almost immediately those feelings of all the crap feelings we we're just talking about, the guilt, the shame, the, the regret, remorse, everything like that begins creeping in. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's pretty obvious that that's, that it's unhealthy for you. Um, so I would, I would, I would initially be, because of that, I would be like, you know what, I'm done. I'm never going back because it's, it's really clear at that moment, you know, you feel like you can make the decision, you can maintain that commitment because the pain is really fresh around it. Yeah. Um, so for that reason, you feel like maybe you can resolve it on your on your own. Plus, again, talking to somebody about it or seeking help maybe not be the most attractive idea. Um, so I would try different things. I know I know one time I tried this accountability software. Maybe you're familiar with like these different softwares you can put on your phone or on your computer that kind of monitor your behavior. They block certain sites, and if 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 like uh, if you visit. Uh, oh, whatever, 18 plus site, it might tell an accountability partner for you. You can set up like an accountability buddy. It's called accountability software. So I remember at one time I installed this accountability software on my devices, including my phone. And I had, my, I, I went as far as to ask my mom to be my accountability partner <laughs> and even my pastor right <laughs> at church. And so I, I took like the most extreme measures. I was like, you know what? If I do this, there's no way I'm going back. Yeah. But ultimately, because I really didn't have that accountability and I wasn't really committed to the process, I ended up just going around it, uninstalling it, and just and just forgetting the whole thing. Yeah. So I think the cold turkey, grit, willpower approach, none of that really worked for me. You know, I had to really make a powerful commitment and a powerful decision. And so how long were you trying the willpower and the accountability apps before you gave up on that? Probably five years on and off. Well. Wow. How did that affect your self-esteem knowing that you weren't able to fully give it up because you'd made the decision, okay, this is a harmful behavior. I really want to be able to stop this. Yet for years and years and years, you just repeated the same cycle and ultimately showed yourself that you weren't able to commit to like really giving it up. How did that make you feel? That's interesting. Yeah. So porn obviously has like a direct impact on our self-esteem for whatever reason, but yeah, not being able to honor our commitment to keep our word to ourselves yeah. has a significant impact on our sense of self-esteem and self-confidence. Totally. So that was certainly it. It feels desperate, it feels hopeless, and it feels like a prison of sorts. And then I think that flows into the rest of your life because now you know, but no one else knows that the way you see yourself, you're, you're a man who isn't true to their word or isn't able to have the conviction to be able to do something you truly believe in. So then maybe that starts to happen in other areas. 100%, man. I, again, I think just like we talked about how when one area of your life is off, all areas of your life, I think how, how I do anything is how I do everything. So if my self-esteem or self-confidence is impacted over here, it's certainly going to show up when I try and, you know, 
go and and and, and uh, create a new client as as a real estate agent, which I was at the time. You know, yeah, it, it affects us everywhere. Yeah, totally. You got to walk the walk, and how you do anything is how you do everything. I love that quote. I heard that the other day, and that resonated for me as well. Yeah. So. Yeah what did make the difference for you and when did meditation and mindfulness and buddhism come into the picture what made the difference for me was was when i finally recognized that this was was impeding me and i was feeling really called into service and in, in, in being of service to others and i feel like i was feeling like i attempted to connect with my purpose and i was recognizing i'm like man i want this but i but recognizing that porn was really sabotaging my life and, and sabotaging me in that way recognizing I had tried all my life um, unsuccessfully. Um, so I ended up hiring a coach and hiring a mentor and, and getting into a men's group accountability um, program and making a pretty significant investment. And really, that was it. I made a powerful commitment, a powerful investment. And I also got into community with other men who were doing this work as well. And I got down to the root of my relationship with porn and really got um, at, you know, what what is it that I'm after? How am I... Um, meeting certain needs. How am I coping with life through porn? Um, so really doing the deep work was really the thing for me and making a powerful investment in myself and saying, you know, I, I put, put my money where my mouth was. In, in regard to the Buddhism and the mindfulness work, you know, that's a path I've been on for a decade or so now. And I found myself in my, in my mid-20s, um, really depressed in a really dark place. I'm sure porn had plenty to do with that. And I was raised in a Christian home, but those the answers I was given there were not helping me at that time. And I found myself in a dark place and I was suicidal and just really unhappy with myself and unhappy with life, you know, uh, feeling um, a victim to my mind and my thinking and my feeling. It was at that time I was just at this low moment. And I, I remember I went to a bookstore one night and I began looking up books on like how to change my mind. I just want to understand my mind. And I found some books on mindfulness, Buddhism, meditation. I dug into that and began my meditation practice just to create some peace in my life because I was so stressed out and unhappy and didn't like myself so much. So I really began that mindfulness practice around that time in my mid-20s. And um, that ultimately led me to Buddhism. And there was a local Buddhist uh, sangha that would meet on Thursday nights uh, for meditation. And through that community, I ended up meeting kind of the leader of that community and ended up going on to study with him. And yeah, that practice, you know, I, I still um, I still study and integrate Christian principles and philosophies into my life. I think Buddhism can work very well with that. Um, but for me, it was it was that work in, 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 in my own life. It was mindfulness. It was creating greater levels of self-awareness in my own life. And, and the work that ultimately called me in, into the work that I've been spending the past several years of my life doing, you know, interfaith work in prisons and hospitals, feeling called into that work, but not having this resolved in my life was kind of like a stark contrast for me and kind of helped me recognize that I needed to get this resolved for myself so I could go on and do the work I felt called to do. Yeah. So Yeah, you gotta practice what you preach. And if you know yeah, if you know within yourself that you're not being authentic ultimately at the root of everything, even though you can make it seem like you are to everyone else, you know, and I don't think you can ever be happy or content as long as you have that sort of festering within you. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think trying to lie like that, you know, you're lying to yourself and you're lying to the people that you're in front of. I think that'll kill you slowly. Um, and, and I found it difficult. You know, we talk about the social awkwardness. You know, I found it difficult to be able to look people in the eyes honestly. You know what I mean? When I knew I had this this deep this deep rooted kind of um, 
unresolved skeleton in my closet, so to speak. So when you did dig down to the core with the help of the men's group, what did you find there? What epiphany did you have about why you were doing this? It was a habit that I had been using for, for many years of my life in order to cope with emotions, with a low sense of self-esteem, a low sense of self-worth. You know, people go to the drug of choice because it makes them feel good. So if I was feeling disconnected or lonely or sad, even if I wasn't conscious of the reason I was going to porn, I think on a subconscious level, that's what I was after. Maybe I was feeling bored. Maybe I was feeling lonely. Maybe I was feeling tired. Maybe I was feeling anxious. And I think that was a big part of the process that turned the light on for me is like learning to see there are certain reasons I'm going to porn. It's emotional reasons. I'm checking out of life. I'm avoiding something. Maybe I'm, I'm trying to feel a certain way here and uh, I'm, I'm using porn for that. So for me, it was like creating awareness around the needs I was attempting to meet by going to porn and then identifying how to begin to meet those needs in a healthier way that lifted me up versus teared me down. Yeah. So educating yourself about how your brain was functioning and the actual processes going on behind what was leading to that behavior. And that sort of demystifies it and allows you to understand it better. And then you get a bit more semblance of control. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's also, you, you inquired about my mindfulness journey as well. You know, a lot of men, I think be- women are better at it, but a lot of men and women, I'm sure, you know, are, are not good at sitting with emotion, with uncomfortable emotion, you know. So for me, my mindfulness and meditation journey allowed me to kind of begin to practice. Or I might be having an urge. I might be having an emotion. I might be feeling uncomfortable. I might be feeling sad or lonely or whatever it is. But I don't have to act out of that. I can right. learn to sit with uncomfortable emotion. You don't you know have to I mean? distract that's yourself. A, that's a, emotional maturity yeah yeah sure. yeah totally and i think everyone would relate to that where some of the most un- one of the most uncomfortable things for many of us is just to sit there and be okay with that and let whatever thoughts come into our heads come and go and pass pass us by without distracting ourselves in some way with the phone being number one uh, very difficult to be able to sit with yourself but if you can then that gives you so much personal power i think um, yeah, for sure. And and in your work now, what have you seen about the relationship between porn and, and power and control for men and how are they wrapped together? Uh, that's really interesting. Um, so is your question, are you maybe suggesting that porn is a way for men to maybe find power? Yeah, or, or to yeah. Experience or, power? or feel like they have some control, especially perhaps if they, in their real life, they feel like they don't have much sway when it comes to women or perhaps they have some sort of anger that they hold or resentment because they don't have these relationships in real life. How does that flow into to porn use from what you've seen from some of the people you've worked with? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there could be a, a control thing there. You know, again, because if you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling disconnected, if you're feeling rejected, you know, uh, or maybe you don't want to go out and try and have a conversation with a real person. It's a lot easier to stay at home on a Friday night and just turn on your phone or your computer and you can feel all the love and connection that you want, at least for the time being, you know, and all the highs and all the dopamine and everything like that. Totally. Um, so I think, and so, yeah, maybe if a man is feeling powerless in his relationship to women, that, that probably is a great way for a man to experience greater levels of power and control, as you mentioned. I think porn also, something I kind of noticed on a, more subtle level as I, I was, as I really dug into my work and I'm still, you know, on my journey and understanding this more, you know, is this idea that um, oftentimes we go to porn to experience a sense of connection or love. 
and maybe significance, you know? It's like you're feeling kind of wanted. You're maybe feeling kind of desired in that moment. You're feeling maybe important on an on a, uh, unconscious level in that moment. So I think, I, think, I think it could also do that for us. Totally, that's a really good insight. So do you use yeah. uh, the meditation and mindfulness stuff with the people you work with now or encourage them to go down that path as well or are those things separate? Yep. Yeah. We, we, we train it right into our, our program and our process. You know, so much we use this, this, this idea that says, you know, in order to uh, break a habit, we must make a habit. So we help establish really uh, powerful uh, accountability for our men to help them kind of stop the leak, so to speak, and, and create the abstinence within the abstinence yeah. uh, space. We go in and do that deep work around the root relationship with porn. So we're, we're removing the unhealthy behavior. But then in that place, we've got to, we've got to put the healthy behaviors yeah. back in place. So we actually train our guys and hold them accountable to a daily routine of exercise, meditation, reading, and writing. So personal growth, personal development. We train them in meditation, help them get into their power, you know, and, and replace those unhealthy habits with powerful habits. Yeah, that's great. And I was going to ask you about that because I think um, abstinence alone doesn't really work. Where it's just like, okay, mm-hmm. so stop, stop the bad thing but don't replace it with anything. So, and especially if you have a relationship with a negative behavior that takes up a lot of your life, then when that's gone, you're gonna have a bunch of time to fill in. And if you don't have something to fill it with, you're gonna be thinking about that thing you used to fill it with and probably go back to it. So the need to fill that in uh, to break a, a habit, you have to make a habit. That's a really good quote. You have to replace it with something. You can't just stop and, and sit there and not, not do something different. Yeah, that's that's such a big piece of the puzzle. You know, you mentioned abstinence alone won't do it, and I agree because you know many of us have tried to go a couple of weeks or a couple of months uh, without it, and we find ourselves back. It's like, why did I find myself back? It's because we didn't do that deep transformational work, and we didn't shift our identity. You know what I mean? We have we haven't we haven't developed new skills and a new way of being and a new way of living. That's the transformational work that's crucial for the long-term success. In this. And you have to give yourself a good enough reason to really stop. And that's part of doing that work. But it sounds like from hearing your story, a massive part of what allowed you to get to the point you're at now is that you did find purpose. You felt called to do something. And in order to do that authentically, you had to really get this, you had to really stop this part of your life that was holding you back. You found a real reason to go and do it. Yeah, I mean the name of our of our coaching um, community is called Porn to Purpose, and, and we have we have we have a we have another community, but like our, our coaching program is called Porn to Purpose because such a big piece of our puzzle, such a big piece of my journey, was moving into purpose. And we and through our program, we help our guys connect with the why. We help them connect with the why in terms of the pain of where they are and what they're no longer willing to tolerate, and we help them cultivate and craft a vision for their life that inspires them and compels them in their journey. That's the long term. Yeah. Piece that's really that's really crucial for for the success that's what allows people to actually maintain it and not go back to it in the long run because purpose is just <clears> about <throat> the only thing powerful enough to overcome those extremely high dopamine rushes which obviously are unrealistic compared to the rest of your life but will leave you going through peaks and troughs constantly and you'll never find that equilibrium and although purpose and consistency doesn't deliver you those extreme highs you do have self-worth and you do feel like uh you have your self-respect and you're able to push forward and have enough of a reason to stay consistent and stay disciplined um but not an easy yeah. thing to do to find 
a purpose that makes you want to overcome these things which do feel good and are so easy to obtain yeah it's, it's 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 a trick man you know uh so what would you say porn takes away from us uh self-respect maybe dignity uh self-confidence um it takes away our energy it takes away for us i think the opportunity for real meaningful connection and intimacy um those are just a couple off the top of my head and from the men that you've worked with, what do you see them get back or what comes out of the work that they do once they commit to it and they really do give this up? How do you see that change their lives? Yeah, that's the most beautiful part of the journey because, uh, again, we're not just helping the men abstain from the porn. We're also helping them connect to purpose and connect to vision and get into their power. So I love seeing it, you know, whenever I get to work with a man over 90 days or 12 months and we really get to go on a journey together and they're losing weight, they're more connected with their partner, they're more present in their family and in their marriage. They're, they're picking back up on those things that they dreamed about doing when they were young. Yeah. And they've got this zest and this energy for life again. I mean, it's like, it's like the breath of life is breathed back into them. Man. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's, really all, it's all part of that same picture. And subtle, it's subtle, it's insidious, it's something that without stepping back and having someone help us see the full picture, we don't see how this is affecting our entire life and this is the thing that's stopping us being the person we want to be. And porn's one example, but the same goes for gambling, the same goes for drug use, the same goes for a whole number of other vices where on its own we look at it and say, yeah, that's a, something that I do that's not healthy, but it's not that bad, you know, that's that part of my life. But actually, if you've committed to a negative behavior like that, it becomes your whole life, even if you don't realize it. Yeah. Insidious is really the word. And yeah, you know, I mentioned here today as I grew in consciousness and as I grew in awareness, I began to see that more. But but oftentimes we're operating unconsciously. We don't see the direct correlation. We yeah. think, hey, what does it matter? I'm not hurting anybody. Exactly. I'm doing this by myself. I'm still having sex with my partner. And in the earlier years, maybe that's, you know, maybe you can maintain that. But it does eventually, I think, seep into every aspect of our lives. Yeah, and I think it is so slow and gradual and starts out not really being a problem that that's how it becomes a problem because we're slowly, yeah. we're slowly adapting to it um, over time. And then we, we, it's not like a stark difference. One day we're using something for the first time, the next day we're hardcore addicted to it. It doesn't work that way. You know, right. no one ever sets out yeah, to yeah. be addicted to anything. It's not it's not cool or desirable. It's just what happens, you know, if we're not right. if we're not aware. Um so why does it why does it matter so much for men? Like if someone's if someone's listening and they're thinking those things that we just said where it's like, you know, it's not hurting anyone, you know, it's not that big of a problem. It's something that I probably would want to change, but uh, if I don't change it, I guess it's not that big of a deal. Why would you say that this does matter so much for men in particular to get a hold of this or, or stop this behavior? Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I, I, again, I, I mentioned earlier in our conversation that I don't really take a stance on it. So if it's not important to you, maybe it's not important to you, you know, but if, if like healthy, loving connection in your relationships are important to you and if self-confidence are important to you and your sense of self-worth and you want to like like the man looking back at you in the mirror matters to you and maybe you want to get up every day and not work uh, a, a job that that is soulless and, and drains the life out of you every day and you want to say man here's what i'd love to do 
and here's what I, here's the way in which I love to be living my life. I believe there's a real correlation there. So if those things matter to you and you want to feel good about yourself and you want to live life more fully and you want to live life more connected, and you want to live life more intentionally and more on purpose. I assure you, if you've got a regular relationship with porn, there's an impact there. And if you're willing to take a close look at it, you, you can see the correlation. So I would say if those things matter to you, those are all really good reasons. At least they were for me. So yeah. you got to see the correlation, the impact porn is having and do those things really matter to you. Yeah, man, that's so convincing. So if men want to, to find you and work with you and hear what you have to say about where they're at, where can they get into contact with you? Yeah, thanks very much. Um, so I think that there's the two easiest ways would be you could email me directly at uh, makingpeacewithporn at gmail.com. That'd be direct. And we also have a private um, online men's Facebook community. Um, we were about 730 or so men from around the world having this conversation. Uh, it's Making Peace with Porn uh, Facebook group. That'd be a, a great way to connect as well. Awesome, Matt. Uh, well, thanks so much for sharing your story, man. And it's so cool to see someone who has been completely overshadowed by something for so long to not only conquer it, but then help so many other people do the same thing. I know it's given you so much purpose and, and so much fulfillment and you've been able to, what it seems to me like, fulfill your calling and, and do what you're, you're here to do. So it's beautiful in a way that you had to go through that struggle to get to this point. Yeah, it's an interesting vantage to be on the other side of it and like recognize that something that once imprisoned me is, is now something I get to be of service to others with and continues to serve me in my own journey in this work. So thank you. That's it for this episode. If you're getting some value out of the show, please help us out with a quick rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Everything we do is recorded in video, so follow Young Blood Men's Mental Health on Instagram and Facebook and Young Blood Mental Health on TikTok. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Young Blood Media, and please leave us a comment or send us a message if these stories resonate. We'd love to hear from you. You can sign up to our e-news through our website, youngbloodmedia.com.au. And most importantly, please share the podcast with anyone in your life who might need it. We're all about reaching as many people as we can. This is Youngblood. Thanks for being part of the mission. Catch you next time.